Why not start with what you want? Start with the outcome. And marketing's job is not to generate leads, it's to generate outcomes for the sales team. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, so this is our hashtag one team episode. Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss what they're learning at the moment and how it applies to you. Here we go. Sangram, so glad to have you here in Indianapolis. Look around us. Yeah. It is summer is upon us and it is pre-race day, pre-Indy 500 here in Indy. Your first time seeing it and yep. uh, the city is a buzz and, and electric and glad to have you here. Thank you so much. I cannot believe yesterday I was at a, uh, I was just at a happy hour thing and everything is two blocks from here. It feels like the whole city just comes together in this two block area. It's phenomenal. Yeah, a lot of energy. Yeah. You gotta love it. Well, today we wanted to chat with you and have a bit of a conversation on a couple different things. Okay. The great work that's been happening at Terminus and then just overall category leaders and category building. So we're very fortunate at Hyde Park to have had a really early seat to watching so much of this movie play out. I think we had a chance to invest when I remember our first question was like, is ABM going to be a thing? (laughs) Like, is this even a thing? And I think you guys had fewer than 10 customers at the time. And wow, what a ride it's been for you guys to to build this out. And as you being one of the co-founders, what an amazing ride it's been for you as well. So one of the things I wanted to sort of dive in and talk about first is category leadership in general. Mm-hmm. I think it's just something that you have done such a great job of at Terminus, and many people don't come in with this category building kind of yep. mindset. And I think more and more the job of the CMO is evolving to be almost something more president-like. It's, yeah. it's really trying to drive this transformation and evangelism inside the company. And as I've said, the reason marketing gets stuck in a trap is the CEO doesn't know what questions to ask. So they just say like, where's the leads? (laughs) Where are the conversion rates? Tell us about demand gen. But you've helped execute a different playbook inside of Terminus that one has produced phenomenal results, just Mm -hmm. record growth and one of the fastest growing software companies I've seen. But it's also created this movement. Can you talk to us just sort of What's been the story of you coming into Terminus and how did you jump off with this category building approach right away? First of all, thank you, Tim, for saying all the good things. I don't know how it's all true. It's all true. It's it's been a phenomenal journey. And I'd be lying if I said, like, that's how we started out thinking. We didn't. Um, We realized that we are based in Atlanta, like first time co-founders and trying to do. I even remember telling this to my wife and I was telling her, hey, I'm at Salesforce. I want to go do this thing. I love these guys. I think that we're going to do something great. And she asked me, so what are you going to do? And I said, well, we're going to build something that has not been built yet. Like, you know, it's a completely different thing. It wasn't thing. even called ABM. Yeah, it wasn't even called. No. And then she said, well, but if nobody is talking about it, then, you know, who's going to buy it? So she was the one. Very smart. A very smart person, obviously. And, and it made me realize in the very early days that we have to make sure there's more than one that's talking about us. And that was very important because there is no category of one. It doesn't exist. You would right. be gone. It would be away. And it's hard and it's expensive to just one person talking about it. And it also doesn't come across as if you're truly solving a problem. So for us, fortunately, we stumbled upon this idea of Flip My Funnel, which has been groundbreaking because it was something new, but it was reinventing the old. Right. And, and that really helped us recognize that if we just said, hey, let's go do ABM, I don't think if we, we would have been able to do and get That's people right. around it. But when we said, hey, 
there's something broken in this old traditional funnel and less than 1% of the leads are turning into customers, people empathized with that problem. So for those who aren't experts yet at marketing or ABM, what is broken and what is this yeah. whole flip my funnel thing? So what's broken is Forrester came out with this research in, I think, late 2014, 2015. And it was around the fact that less than 1% of the leads are turning to customers, which really means that That's every crazy. single thing that marketing is doing, 99% of that is not turning into revenue. Now, if you're in marketing listening to this, and if you go with that results to your CFO or CEO, yes. you'll be fired. Yeah, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> right? But, that just but that's because it's been done the same way yes. for how many decades now? Yep. And there's this attention problem and all these other things. So there yeah. has to be a different way. There right? has to be a different way. And I think it, was, it has been simmering in people's hearts and minds, but there wasn't anything that they could look up to to see, well, how do we solve this? So it was more of the same. Let's just send more emails. Let's just do more of these conversations. So I feel when we came up with this idea of flip my funnel, it connected people with the problem, saying that something is broken with my funnel clearly. So they were like, yes, it's broken. And one of the things I've realized in this journey is it is far more easier to get people aligned on the problem than the solution. Mm. And to me as a category leader, your job, I feel, is really to get people aligned on the problem. It is so much more easier. Like we all can agree the traffic is crap, right? Yeah. You know, but we may all say that, hey, there's a different way to get from point A to point B. And that was solution. That was product is for. But as a category leader, I think you have to get so clear about the problem that it has to be crystal clear that this is the problem. And then people will say, yeah, I got that problem too. So what you started, this is not, this is not about terminus. It right. wasn't a commercial. It was fundamentally 99% of your activity in marketing might be wasted. Right. And a typical funnel looks like it starts at the top and it yep. works its way down and you're finally getting to this 1% at the bottom. Yeah. Flip my funnel was just doing the inverse. Why Absolutely. not start with what you want? Start with the outcome. Yep. And marketing's job is not to generate leads, it's to generate outcomes for the yep. sales team. And if there's a different way that you can just go in and flip the funnel and say, we want to start with this number of close one accounts, these yep. accounts that looks like, let's start with that. Yep. So let's go in and identify our accounts. Let's work with them up front. And actually, it would be better for everybody if there was far fewer leads, right. wouldn't there? If you just could go out and so it's this idea instead of fishing with a net, yeah. fishing with a spear. That's the Absolutely. way for people who when I got to explain it to my, yeah. my dad or something like, <laughs> what is this? Instead of fishing and catching, you know, a thousand different fish and getting yeah. the two you want. Yep. It's really just saying, it's going after them more with a sniper kind of approach. Absolutely. And Tim, what's interesting is in B2B, you don't have to do a guesswork around who to go after. You already know. You already know. Like It's like Yellow Pages to me. There are companies out there that will give you, if you tell them, hey, look, I'm going after Fortune 500 companies that are in financial services. Like There's a list of those companies. Why are we trying to create a campaign to find who's interested? You, should all, you already know yeah. who your product is well-suited for. So let's just focus all of your time, energy, money, and resources on those accounts. And what's beauty about that, Tim, is... What it creates is your marketing, your sales, they get to do more of this, the activities they want to do with less pressure. Yes. I've seen, you know, this happened at Terminus, I've seen a ton of different companies where the sales team has thousands of accounts. A lot, they said, yeah, these are the accounts I'm going to go after. And, and they're, they are really struggling to how am I going to convert them. But because they have thousands of accounts, they're doing the spray and pray, sending the same message to everyone. Yes. With ABM, 
the sales team actually going to have like 100 accounts. That forces them to be creative and personalized in the experience because they do not have the luxury to spray and pray. What it creates is a emotional connection. The salesperson and the marketing team has to figure out what matters to your customers. And the level of engagement and marketing that you could do together with sales is phenomenal. It's yeah. beautiful. You know, one of the things that I've had the pleasure to be able to see and observe is just the, the energy and the camaraderie that exists within your office. Yeah. I said, this is so rare. It's so unique. And you guys have been named among the best places to work in Atlanta. I'm very fortunate. Top software company to work, all these amazing things. And part of one of the movements I've heard you talk about from the beginning is this idea of keys the Ferrari. Yeah. And you'll see that in the <laughs> office. You'll see it. I'm like, hey, I'd like a Ferrari. That sounds pretty good. Give me the keys. <laughs> yep. But tell me what this idea of keys the Ferrari mean and yeah. sort of how that cuts both ways. Yes, you know, absolutely. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that movement. So our, our, our company has two core values, one team and keys to the Ferrari. And in a sense, they're actually opposite of each other if you think about it. Mm-hmm. One team means you need to be aligned together, you need to have a common goal and everybody knows where we're going. And keys to the Ferrari mean one idea can change the world. One activity can and change the way things can happen. One thing, one project, one initiative can change the numbers for the company. So what we wanted to do was create this healthy tension in the company of people need to come up with amazing ideas and they should not be shut down, but they need to have a common vision and goal where we're going. So the keys to so the- So many companies are good at one yeah. or the other, right. but what you're saying is it's like two sides of the coin yeah. and the magic is how do you put them it's together? the yin and the yang. You can't be a category leader without two because a lot of companies, they become so good about their, everything is so lined up, then it's unemotional. That's right. Right? And you don't try. You, you There's just, no magic. No magic left in that. The magic is like, as you, you know, in some of the presentations we've, we've talked about, we'll, we'll hire protesters for a conference. You won't do that. Who does that? Yeah. yeah, nobody does. You're like, no, we just need to have a clean booth, right? That, that's not enough anymore. You have to do something extra where you connect with people emotionally. So it's the yin and the yang of how... I believe category leadership should be thought about is that let's keep focus and make sure everybody's clear of the vision where we need to go. At the same time, let's make sure that we do not stop ourselves from being crazy and emotional around these ideas and let's do things and be okay to fail. I think keys to the Ferrari gives permission to fail. Mm. And I think that drives innovation and people get comfortable with it. One team allows people to have comfort knowing that where we're going. Yeah. So how you behave, you know, it could be more on like the one team idea, but how you think is really keys to the Ferrari. So what role do you think marketing or marketing leader has in activating culture or, or, or sort of these two core values you talk about? You can build a poster, and totally. you can hang a poster <laughs> on the wall, or you can like really go and do these things. Yeah. So what, um, talk to us about that and like how yeah. you've actually brought these to life. I think and there are a lot more people than me, obviously, when he thinks yeah. about culture. I feel... Every single category leading company, you think about exact target, you think about Salesforce, you think about like, you know, Nikes of the world and others, the culture is in the DNA of the company and you can never force it. So both of these ideas, if you think about one team and keys to the Ferrari did not come from us as co-founders. It just became a Mm. part of the culture before we even said to the company, these are our core values. It wasn't a presentation. Hey, listen up guys, here are our core values. People just were saying that in email. And so this is good. I think what you're saying is, and it's something I agree with, but I hadn't thought about in a more direct, the culture is already there. Yeah. I mean, it, it evolves. I think marketing's job is to then harness that, Absolutely. put words to it, yes. almost create a brand for it. So yeah. then there's like the special thing happening. You can't force it top down. It's going to 
uh, organically evolve, but then it's your job to kind of label it, enable it, yeah. name it, and, and give it a common uh, vocabulary. Absolutely. Brand that people can talk about. And, and, it, and so that they can energize around that. So we do like, you know, so every month we have the Terminator of the month. So everybody has Terminus is called a Terminator. And the Terminator of the month is based on recognition by other people on these two core values. Yeah. So now all of a sudden we see every single, you would see in the Terminator, you know, Tuesday, the email that we send out to the company and investors, we will talk about people in culture but it will be with the lens of these two things. So we see people saying, hey, this person took the keys to the Ferrari and came up with this yes. new campaign uh, that's amazing. And we worked as one team to execute on it. That's such a heartwarming yeah. kind of thing. And, you, yeah. you, you, and I think when that thing happens, I think as a, as a co-founder, I, you start realizing that, okay, it's there. The culture yeah. is there. And yeah. it, it, can, that's right. it can grow. That's right. So maybe uh, one of the things that kind of start to bring us home here when you think about, we've talked about the job of today's CMO. Yeah. It is one of the things you and I have talked about, <laughs> yes. and I had the pleasure to talk about uh, on your podcast. It's almost impossible. Yes. There's sort of this job of, look, you know, when I talk to our companies, what do, what do you want a marketing yeah. leader? Well, we'd like somebody who can be just a great brand strategist, go out and speak yep. and be a great thought leader. We'd like somebody who's world-class at demand gen. And by the way, if you can do product marketing, work with our analysts yeah. and be a great growth hacker, you, yeah. that would be phenomenal. Right. Well, that's not possible. Like that is, I believe that is the literal unicorn. Yes. And you've gone through some of your own personal transformation, Absolutely. getting Terminus out of the gate, rapidly scaling this business from yep. zero to 10 million ARR as fast as any I've seen, and now taking on this new role of yeah. chief evangelist. Absolutely. Talk to us kind of about that, yeah. that transformation and how that's been for you. Quite honestly, it has been very, it ha I had to go through a lot of self-reflection yeah. in the process. And you know, I've chatted about this yes. offline at some point where I had to recognize what I'm, am I giving up or letting go? And that's the only way I could rationalize in my head. So as we went from three co-founders to 200 people, and as you said, with 10 million, and I think I had to realize that we have grown and we're doing something that very few companies have my opportunity to do. And we need, I need to be at peace with that. And I have to now recognize that we're at a different level, different scale, where a lot of people have, are now good at what a company needs to have from 10 million to 20 million, 20 yeah. million to 50 million. It's a different skill you set. You need different things at different stages. Different stages. And it is, a, it is a very important lesson, I think, for me and hopefully for others who are listening, is that you may be perfect for one part, but may not be perfect for other. And you need to find a way to get out of your own way. Yeah. So I had to get out of my own way in some ways to say that, okay, what am I good at? And it ended up, which was obvious to everybody else around me, was that, dude, you're good at evangelism. Yes. You are out there talking about it with all your heart because I believe that I care about this problem more than anybody else in the world. I just believe that in my heart. So I come across as someone who really cares about the problem. And, and that's the basic definition of being an evangelist. And through that process, I get to talk to customers, future customers, investors, um, the analysts, everybody with the way, with, with the eyes and thought from an outside in marketplace. Yes. So as we grow, I think what we're realizing, and this is a very big epiphany for us, is there is this idea of inside out and outside in thought process. So far, as the company grow, everybody's working on internal issues and challenges and scaling and all those, right? So everybody has this inside out. But nobody outside the company really cares. Right. <laughs> right? Like, just figure it out. Right. And I get the opportunity now, and that's what the problem was like, okay, I'm letting go of this internal stuff because there are a lot of amazingly smart people who can do that. 
I need to bring outside in perspective in my company every day so that when I'm out there, I'm talking to every one of them. And when I come back in the office, I'm bringing in the outside in energy and perspective. So I just have to go through a personal journey of realizing I'm not giving up. I'm letting go of things that I don't want to necessarily focus on. And there are smarter people who can do it. And I'm taking on important, really big initiatives for the company to move 10x. Yeah. You know, you're working in this remarkable category of account-based marketing, which is to me the biggest trend, the biggest thing that's happened in certainly in MarTech, if not software in many, many years. And on this very clear path to become category leader. One of the things that we've talked a lot about is category leadership. So kind of as our final question here and to bring us home, what are your thoughts? What are the key trends and patterns that you see for category leadership? And how do you start to design that in early? And what are some of the things that you've implemented in your playbook that have gone well? And what are some of the things you think you need to do next? A couple of things come to mind. Number one, I think you have to care about the problem more than your product. Yes. And I realize this is is such an essential part of it. It is not product market fit, in my view. It is the the problem market fit. Is the problem big enough for your market? You know, if the market is not big enough to solve, then no matter how good a product is, it's not going to work. So as a category leader, I think there needs to be a resurgence and conversation around, do we have a problem market fit? Is that problem big enough? as opposed yeah. to product, because you can build a product. And yes. so no many people are going to build a product, but if you don't have a market in big enough to solve, then then don't go in that, yes. right? So that was a big lesson, and that's what flipped my funnel and all the category leadership all around. And if you think about Salesforce and exact targets, all these companies have figured out and made sure that there is problem in market, and then they went double down on the product after that. So that was a big lesson to learn. The other one that comes to mind is just the the idea of one team. I think I want to bring it back to it is as an organization, it is so easy to be siloed. It is so easy to just be fast and just doing all the things. But if you don't have a clear vision of where you want to go, uh, the long-term view of things where you're going to let battle scars happen throughout, but you're going to win the war. Yeah. yeah, I think that end in mind so is good. such an important part of this whole equation because category leadership doesn't happen in a day. It doesn't happen in a week. It doesn't happen in a month. It doesn't happen in a year. You have to truly take the long game, which means you're going to lose, willingly lose in the short term to win the war in the long term. Yeah, I love that. You're not a yet a public company. Yeah. So why behave in that sort of quarter to quarter mindset? So yeah. to close this out, I love a couple of these key insights. Get I hear product market fit talked yeah. about all the time, yeah. but you're sort of the first one that I've heard talk about or articulate this idea of problem market fit yeah. and really trying to understand customers. What problem are they trying to solve and how are you going to solve it? And then trying to do it with this one team mindset, which sounds right, but yeah. as you get bigger and scale and get by default, that just doesn't happen. It's hard. So the job of a leader is to drive that that unity and cohesion. And, and the way I describe that is pick the end of mind and work backwards, yeah. right? What are you trying to get and how do you sort of work backwards yeah. to achieve those outcomes? Sangram, great for... Yeah, have man. you here. Always yeah. appreciate our time together. Phenomenal to hear more about the Terminus story yeah. and what you guys are doing with Flip My Funnel. So thanks for joining us. Tim, thank you so much for having me. You bet. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.